let's just pray before we go to the Lord in the word. Father, as we, um, as we gather today, my prayer is that the word of God would speak. And Father, Lord God, that you would remove from us any pretension, any obstacles, Lord God, and that we would have ears to hear what the Spirit has to say. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, today, I want to speak to you about a simple illustration that we find in a parable of Jesus. Um, I have entitled this devotion, Me-Centered Prayer versus God-Centered Prayer. And for our text, I'd like you to turn to Luke 18, and we're going to look at verses 10 through 14. Luke 18, 10 through 14. And I'll read the word of God, and this is the word of God. Two men went up to the temple to pray, uh, the one a Pharisee, the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even this publican. I fast twice in a week, and I give tithes of all I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Just to give you a little bit of a background of the text, right? This is a parable, and a parable was simple, uh, simply a, a lesson to bring forth an obvious truth, to bring an obvious truth forth. In verse 9, our, uh, Luke tells us that of Jesus, that he spake this parable up, unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others, right? So Jesus is illustrating this truth, and he illustrates it using two polar opposite individuals. The first one is a Pharisee, a Pharisee being the model of religious fidelity. He's learned, he's knowledgeable, Regarding the law, he's esteemed in society. He's versed in the things of God. We would consider him a religious conservative. He is contrasted against a publican, a tax gatherer. Though probably the, the single most profession, if you want to call it that, uh, person that was held in contempt in society. They were considered morally lower than a prostitute, right? They were not considered credible witnesses in a court of law. The Talmud considered them equal to murderers and robbers. They could not exchange their money in the temple treasury, and they were excommunicated from the synagogue, which kind of leads you to the question, who would want this job? Who would take this job other than low lives and extortioners and thieves. And in this parable, we see two radically different people with two radically different approaches to God. One, satisfied with himself, satisfied with his standing with God, satisfied with his religious service. He stands by himself, the word of God says, so as not to be 
corrupted by any sinners that could be standing around him, or worse yet, could even touch his garments. The other is broken, recognizes his sinful estate before God, realizes that he should not even be approaching God. And we see this as evident by him standing afar off, and he certainly was afar off from the Pharisee, but it implies to us that he didn't even dare venture too much further into the temple grounds. But there's something notable about him, and that's his cry. He cries out for the mercy of God as a sinner. See, one exalts himself while the other humbles himself, but both approach the Lord in prayer. I believe there are two approaches to the Lord in prayer. There is a me-centered approach, and there is a God-centered approach. The me-centered approach to prayer is much like the, the Pharisee. It's flowered up with much religious talk. Me-centered prayer begins first and foremost with the heart. The heart is the place where motivation for prayer begins. Me-centered prayer starts with a preoccupation with self. We come to prayer preoccupied with ourselves, with our needs, with our wants, with our problems, seeking our resolutions that we believe are best for us. That would be the model of me-centered prayer. Jesus dealt a little bit about this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, when he said, When thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the street, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. And I think the Lord is pointing out to us purity of heart when we come to the Lord in prayer. The Pharisee in this parable in Luke 18 gives us a good indication of what me-centered prayer looks like. In verses 11 and 12, we see this. It reads as follows, the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, even as this publican, I fast twice a week, I give tithes of all I possess. See, the Pharisee went to the temple to pray, but his preoccupation to pray began with himself. His heart was wrong before he even began to pray. Note in these short sentences how many times he's concerned with himself. I thank thee. I am not as other men. Even this publican, I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all I possess. We could see that externally the Pharisee was of good moral character. The law did not require him to give tithes of all he possessed. The Lord, the law did not require him to fast twice a week. So ingrained in his religious works and doing some of the things that went beyond the law, but it was motivated in self. The Pharisee doesn't really come to seek God. He doesn't come to plead with God, but rather he comes to be rewarded by God for his religious service. The Pharisee is good with himself. He needs, he needs God in the sense that God is a great bolt-on to an already good life. 
you know, you contrast this with the Psalm of David, you know, Psalm David wrote in Psalm 41, one through three, listen to these words, Lord, I cry unto thee, make haste unto me, give here ear unto my voice. And when I cry unto thee, let my prayer be set before thee as an incense and a lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the doors of my lips. Me-centered prayer is always content with God. Ask not for more of God, But God-centered prayer finds in God endless delight of mercy and grace. You know, we always like to say there's never an end to the increase of God. Can we as believers get to a point where we're so satisfied, we're so full, we don't need anything else? No, there's never an end to the increase. God-centered prayer goes back to God and desires more. God-centered prayer is dumbfounded at God's blessings, recognizes its own sin and need for mercy. God-centered prayer comes with a heart of worship, praise to our God, and recognizes our dependence upon God. The Pharisee, who was supposed to be the model of religious zeal and fervor, he thought a lot of himself. His heart was wrong when he approached the Lord. God did not hear his prayers. Now, contrast this with this contemptible tax collector. Look at verse 13. And the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto the heaven, but smote his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. We can note a few things about this tax gatherer. First, this tax collector stands afar off. And he made sure, he made sure not to get too close to the Pharisee and not to proceed too far into the temple grounds. Now, what do you think produces that in him? Not only is he despised by the religious, but he was also despised by the average uh, Jewish person in Palestine because he lined his pockets with the profits he extorted from them in order to collect taxes for Rome. So this must have been a hard journey. This must have been a difficult journey to even set foot on the temple grounds knowing that he was even excommunicated in the synagogue. And this indicates an awareness of his unworthiness, an awareness of sin. Secondly, we see in this tax gatherer a contriteness of spirit. Note that he cannot lift his eyes toward heaven. He beats his breast, and then he utters a simple prayer for God to be merciful for him. While the Pharisee went to meet God perfectly content with himself, expecting to be rewarded by God, this vile sinner went with the opposite heart. He knew of his imperfections. He knew of his sin. He knew God was holy, and he begged God for mercy. 
the tax collector, went to the temple for one reason and one reason only. He went because he believed God was there. And he went to meet God, not to be rewarded, not to be applauded, not to make a case before God for what he wanted, simply to find grace and mercy in a time of need. Our Lord tells us that it was the tax collector prayer that was heard, and it was the tax collector that went away justified in the eyes of God. Why? Because God hears the prayers of the broken, the contrite, and the mournful. Psalm 34, verses 17 and 18 say this, the righteous cry, and the Lord heareth, and deliver them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of broken heart, and saveth such as be of contrite spirit. Listen, this has application to how we approach the Lord in prayer and how we enter the throne of God. We are praying community here. That's what we are. We're the united prayer group. How do we come to prayer? Are we like the Pharisee that seeks to tout our records of rights before God? Do we feel we have to remind God of everything we do and look forward for the reward? Or do we come to meet God? to fall at his feet, and to cry to be mercy, and to cry for mercy. I believe for prayer to be effectual, for prayer to be fervent, for prayer to be more than just religious exercise, it all begins with our heart, and specifically our heart toward God. What do we believe and in whom do we believe before we approach the throne of grace? Martin Lloyd-Jones wrote this, and I love this. It is his thoughts about God that matter. Do you believe in a sovereign, transcendent, everlasting God of the universe who is still active? How can you pray to him unless we are clear and correct in our ideas of a sovereign and living God. In Psalm 90, verse 2, Moses makes such a great statement that I think sometimes can be missed. He says, before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hadst formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. A.W. Tozer writes, our perception of God is what really establishes the parameters, if you please, of our prayer life. We need to understand that prayer is not meritorious act. We do not earn anything because of it. We pray because God hears, and God hears us because of Jesus. Because of him, God has a good heart toward his people. In this parable, we saw two people went up to the temple to pray, but only one prayer was heard by God, that of the penitent, humble sinner. The Pharisee did not pray to God. He wanted to be rewarded. 
He expected blessings from God in light of his religious works. And he thought that because I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, and with such contempt, he states, and even this publican, Jesus calling the tax collector justified was about as scandalous as anything could be. I could only imagine the hush that descended upon those who heard that, that this tax gatherer went away justified and not the Pharisee. Folks, today there is so much religious activity. There are churches with thousands upon thousands, books, music, mission activity, activity probably like never before in the history of the church. But sadly, there is little power and few genuine conversions. There's a lot of talk of God, but where is the power of God as a result of all this activity? Brothers and sisters, let us approach the throne of God fully convinced, first of all, of who God is. And let us not be like the Pharisee, content with ourselves. I believe God wants men and women. I really believe this with all of my heart. He wants men and women broken over the church, pleading for the church, pleading that God would bring the glory of Christ back to the church, pleading for a move of God once again in the church. Let's approach the throne of God with humility. Let's approach the throne of God with reverence. Let us approach the throne of God repentant. Let us as individuals as a, and as a united prayer group offer up to our God, God-centered prayers coming from justified hearts before the Lord. Let our hearts be aflame with a burning desire, a burning desire to meet God. Listen, let us cast off self. Let us cast off doubt. Let us come excited to meet God, excited that we get an audience with the almighty living God. Let not me-centered prayers and self-absorption find the place in our prayers, but let our prayers be God-centered, God-believing, and God-glorifying. Let's offer God-centered prayers. Let us lead others to dispense with selfish, self-centered prayers, and model for them the beauty of God-centered, God-exalting, God-glorifying prayers. May God bless his word, and may he be glorified. Amen.